you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Pro Bowl vote is here. An awesome Pro Bowl starts with awesome players, and your vote helps decide who gets a spot on the AFC and NFC roster. Show your love, cast your vote, and make sure your favorite players make it to the 2020 Pro Bowl. Vote today and be entered to win exclusive prizes at NFL.com slash Pro Bowl vote. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, and the Fantasy Viper, Graham Barfield. Oh, I know we're going to get into this, man, but this was it's just a weird week, man. Are we starting every Monday show like that now? It seems like it's been like that for like yeah. three weeks. Yeah, I don't know. It's I feel like, like this was a weird week, I feel like we've man. had a couple of weeks where things sort of went according to plan, but man, this week... Uh, you know, on, on Mondays on Fantasy Live, we do That Helps No One. This feels like a, a right? huge That Helps oh No One. <laughs> I, I think the first three or four touchdowns scored yesterday were by, by guys that, like, were completely off the board. Like, not even... Bo, like, not even completely... Scarsborough. What not the even, hell was that? It's not, it's not even... It wasn't even guys that are like, Fantasy oh, Lord. he's on the waiver yeah. wire, and, like, I'm just not going to pick him up. It was like, who is that? Right. <laughs> like, level can we guys. Can we also... Like, this might be controversial, and, and a lot of this has to do with the players around him. But can we agree that Deshaun Watson's not an elite fantasy quarterback? You can't be an elite fantasy quarterback and score fewer than four fantasy points in any full game that you play. He's been you just can't. He's been freaking. You he's can't. Been a roller coaster. He's been a roller coaster. Bro, I have him in one of my. He's gonna kill me in a league, uh, in the Allison Chains league, and uh, James Conner too, uh, who, who did nothing because he got hurt. And they had a Watson. I'm gonna lose to Jeff Garland, uh, so I'm gonna hear about that. But he's not an elite fantasy quarterback. I cannot. Put I mean, that label on a quarterback who does this. Like Patrick Mahomes has a bad game and he's still got 18 points. Lamar Jackson has a bad game and he's still giving you 18 points. When Deshaun Watson is bad, he's brutally bad. He takes your soul and he takes any chance of you winning in that particular week. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not pulling him out of the elite category yet. Yeah, I'm not. A, <laughs> I'm not he's a QB5 right now, man. don't do that. They just don't do that. Everybody has I mean, bad days. But he's he had took, like four of them this year. He was under duress that whole game. I know, he had but no I mean. no chance against that rape. I, I get it. It's the players around him too, but like. Yeah. No, it's, Watson frustrates the hell out of him. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily the players around him. I just think it's Bill O'Brien not knowing how to scheme. I mean, this we knew what the Ravens wanted to do. We knew they wanted to go out and you know force a ton of pressure on that Texans offensive line and O'Brien and and his staff just didn't adjust. I mean, he, he is took just, six sacks yesterday. He is just all or nothing. Yeah, all I mean, or it, nothing. It was a and, really tough spot. And he's got the Patriots and the Broncos coming up. Yeah, that's not great. And in uh, the first matchup of the fantasy postseason, he's got Denver. Then he's at Tennessee. Then he's got the Yucks. Um, but boy, it was hard to trust him, man. And I, it was that. And as you mentioned, right? Like this week was a little bit weird. Like I sat Cousins, who had a brutal matchup to play Watson. Well, and at halftime Cousins it looked like a good move. Went, <laughs> went bananas in the second half of that game. I say at halftime it looked like it was okay. The Vikings yeah. just needed to get their asses kicked. In the and by the half. way, they're good. <laughs> Kyler Murray. <laughs> I loved you in the preseason. I said you were one of my favorite breakout quarterbacks. 
Uh, I said to sit you both times against the 49ers. Here I am with egg on my face. I apologize. I don't know when the Niners and the Atlanta Falcons changed defensive personnel over the last couple of weeks, but holy God. I mean, oh, we'll get to all that. Kyler, you, at this point, he's, he's, we will, he's we will, matchup proof. We'll, we will get really is. all of that. Yeah, the, the the Niners and the especially Atlanta. We got to talk about that, dude. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll touch on that. We'll touch on plenty of stuff. We'll look at some of the running back situations over the weekend that just went what <laughs> kind of sideways. Uh, because it is Monday, of course, we'll do the waiver wire as well. We got some big questions from week 11. We'll do all of that and plenty more. But first, let's go behind the glasses. We always do and talk to our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, what's up? So we all going to draft to a tag of Iloa when he's a member of the New England Patriots next year? Very high. Uh, now it's going to happen. He's going to slide in the back of the first round and just tear it up like Kyler uh, right now. Man. I could already picture that. Like when, you know, because Brady's only got a couple more years left, right? Oh, and yeah. then Tua just slides on it. And that's oh, yeah. just, I can't. Yeah, you say Brady doesn't have any more, has only a couple years left, but you don't realize that robots don't age. That's true. Yeah. This is true. And you know next year he'll have A.J. Green, so. Oh. <sighs> That just, that just hurt my heart. Yeah, just, just like, put that on the radar. I'm already mentally preparing very just, early this morning. That just hurt my heart. Man. That's not a good. That's not a good thought to start a it's month. Not right a now. good way to start the week. Yeah. Not even a little bit. So, uh, all right, uh, that's a good. That's that's a good way to start. Let's do some news. The news. Uh, we will start in Detroit. Lions quarterback Matthew Stafford did not play on Sunday. Jeff Driscoll got the start against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we knew that the back injury was possibly going to keep him out. But now there is talk that he could have to have surgery, that he could be out up to six weeks, which in essence uh, ends his, well, certainly ends his fantasy season, uh, would likely end his regular season as well. So... I mean, look, Fabs, Jeff Driscoll was decent yesterday. He got you 20-plus fantasy points. I know, but it's more this about week, the— it's This more week, about, they've got Washington. It's, it's, about, it's about Kenny G, man. Are One we, catch. Are we—but are if you were I, looking for a streamer, would you look at Jeff Driscoll? I played him in a two-QB league uh, against the Cowboys and wasn't expecting that. I mean, he had almost 30 fantasy points. So two-QB league, super flexy, of course. Any quarterback, maybe not Mason Rudolph, although he's playing the Bengals this week, uh, is, is worth a look, but— I mean, you know, Driscoll's a guy who can beat you with your with his feet too. So he's got that sort of. He's not Lamar Jackson, but I mean, he can get you some points on the ground. Um, I think this the Cowboys' defense over uh, over the last couple of weeks against quarterbacks. I mean, it's regressing, and and then we got Tom Brady coming up, so that's going to be a brutally bad matchup. So two QB super flex leagues, absolutely. Um, if you're desperate in a twelve team league, fourteen team league, then I can see going after him. But that's probably going to be the best game he has all year. The Lions have dropped six of their past seven games, and if Stafford is not even close to healthy, there's no reason to risk him. I mean, there's no reason for them to bring him back. And even though Stafford is having – it's such a bummer because Stafford was having arguably his best year of his career maybe. Um, He's playing least, really well. At least statistically, he was having one of his best seasons ever. It's, it's a bummer because, I mean, I think Stafford was, was carrying quite a few teams that you know were, were relying on him uh, from the late rounds because he was – I mean – I mean, Lamar Jackson was one of the best late-round quarterbacks of all time, but Matthew Stafford arguably would have taken the late-round quarterback mantle this year had Lamar Jackson just not... For me, though, the big thing is that, like, you can't trust Kenny Galladay, and I know that Marvin Jones scored twice yesterday, so um, if you started him, then, you know, you're feeling pretty good, but, I mean, Kenny G had one catch, it was late in the game, and, you know, he had that one touchdown the week before against, uh, I believe it was Chicago. Um, Other than that, did nothing... 
And so now it's a point where, remember I was talking about how, like, I was either going with Kenny G or Joe Mixon this week, and I went with Mixon because Stafford right. was out. Right. So now, like, moving forward every single week, you, instead of, like, Kenny G being a plug-and-play, he you got to look at the matchups now. So you really do. So Kenny, Do- Kenny Galladay has 14 targets over the last two weeks with Driscoll. He's caught four of them. <laughs> uh, I mean, so then are there are there any Lions that you trust? No. <laughs> no, I mean, and, and ne- next week the matchup is really good for both of them. I know. Um, they can get loose and, and burn Josh Norman. Uh, but but at the same time, like, you know, with Driscoll back there, they're going to they're gonna be a run-heavy team, and, and I just – and they don't yeah. have a run at that bush card. Right. And they where did that come from? Right. And they don't even have any running backs that they're going to, you know, feature uh, per se. So, yeah, I think, you know? I think this whole Lions team, as long as Stafford is out, is is pretty bare bones. Man, uh, it's rough, man. I mean, you take Thanks. one guy, you take one guy out of an offense and suddenly it, it goes you take, right in the toilet. Exactly. You take the stud quarterback out of an offense and things can just fall apart. Yep. Fantasy so quick. It's, uh, it's our pal Dave Damashek and his Jenga piece. Uh, you know, like what's the guy, the, the piece you pull out and the whole thing falls apart. Apparently yep. Matthew Stafford. Is I, that guy in I always think of uh, of Dave when when we see bad quarterback play, because I remember him saying uh, once that we have how many billions of people who live on this earth. Right. And we you, can't find we can't find 32. You can't find 32 <laughs> who are good quarterbacks. Driscoll wasn't bad. On a regular basis. Driscoll wasn't bad yesterday. On a regular I mean, basis. He was good for fantasy. Is just, you know, I think the, the drop-off between him and Stafford is just immense. Yeah, no, it's definitely, no it's definitely huge. Uh, in Indianapolis, Marlon Mack left Sunday's game against the Jaguars with a fractured hand. Now, I don't know if uh, there's been a definitive timeline on how long he's going to be out, but he certainly is not going to play on Thursday night against yep. the Houston Texans. Uh, Jonathan Williams, uh, Graham, had a really nice game, over 100 yards. It would seem like he is the guy that you probably want to target. I guess Naheem Hines if, you know, if you're in a deep league or if, if Williams is gone, but Jonathan Williams kind of seems like the guy right now. Yeah, you know, we've <laughs> this has been a bad year for waiver wire running backs, and we're going to get to a few more yeah. that were really bad in a, in a little bit, but yeah, I think Jonathan Williams will probably be one of the top waiver claims this week, and it makes sense. I mean, any running back behind that cold offensive line is is going to be fantasy relevant, and uh, you know, I think we saw you know, just exactly what Jacoby Brissett means to this Colts offense yesterday is, you know, he didn't have a big game for fantasy, but he kept the offense on the move. Uh, didn't take any just terrible sacks. Didn't, didn't force any bad throws like Brian Hoyer did last week. And, and it's good to see the Colts kind of get, get back on track. You know, they might get T Y Hilton back this week too. We'll have to see about that. Uh, he's been out with a calf injury for a few games, but a uh, short week, you know, I think I think Jonathan Williams will pretty easily be the uh, the top the top claim this week. Yeah, yeah. even it's even it's for you know one or two weeks. You know, because Jordan Wilkins is in the mix. He's obviously banged up right now. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> this is where we're at. I, I I would say two of the five top waiver claims will be. Bo Scarsborough and Jonathan Williams. Uh, only, at, only, only because Quentin Nelson is not available because <laughs> he's not running back. Colts, yeah, right? Colts goal line back, Quentin, Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson, who uh, I know that the touchdown didn't count, but the keg stand celebration was, was, that was pretty, pretty good. awesome. That was pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. Um, Mitch Trubisky left the game last night late <laughs> once the Rams had pretty much put the ball game away in what was just a sloppy, ugly game Games. to watch. Yeah. Uh, the reports are he had a hip injury. I don't know that Hip outside of injury. Right, I don't know that outside yeah. observers saw it that way, but that is the report. Um, I mean, I know there are four teams on a bye this week. Any any takers for Chase Daniel in the event that Trubisky can't I play? I, they're, they're playing. They're playing the Giants. I mean, 
May, again, two QB Superflex leagues. I don't know. That Bears team is, is awful. I wonder if Nagy's going to keep that job uh, after the season is over. And um, it, it's it, the one good thing that came out of that game, I think Sean McVay listens to the podcast. Because <laughs> he gave the ball to Todd Gurley? Yeah, he probably doesn't. But, I mean, like, d- what did I tell you guys last week? Todd Gurley's healthy. Everyone that I that I know that's close to him says he's healthy. He looked freaking good last night. He looked good the week before. And they give him the damn ball in the last 16 minutes uh, of the game against the Steelers. He's, he's fine right now. Like, the Rams, and I get it, last year... All of the offensive fireworks and, you know, the 55-52 game against the, the Chiefs and, you know, Goff going cra- That's not what this team is now, okay? You have to play good defense, which they can, and you run the damn football. That's the only way the Rams are going to win games the rest of the season. They can't do it with Jared Goff. He had three more turnovers last night. Goff stinks right now. He's not great. He's not even rosterable in fantasy leagues. Not great. He's not rosterable. And... They've got the Ravens coming up next. Good luck with that. Goff should have been on the waiver wire three weeks ago, okay? So that's what the Rams have to do. Freaking give the ball to Gurley 20 times a game, okay? He's healthy right now. Give it to him until the damn wheels fall off. That's what you've got to do if you want to make the playoffs because Goff is not getting you there. Uh, Especially with your top... T- I don't know what happened with Robert Woods. Hopefully he's okay. Yeah, but, you know, the, with the, Brandon the- Cooks, with the concussion issues, I mean, like, just give the ball to Gurley. Woods was out. I, it was obviously a healthy, uh, healthy scratch, but he was out with a personal in- mm-hmm. issue, and I don't think the Rams really uh, went to right. That's what I'm what, saying. I hope everything's happened, okay with them. What happened uh, with that? But you know, going back real quick to to the Bears, can we get uh, like Allen Robinson deserves so much more. I mean, he deserves like, his so career, much. More. His career arc has been Blake Bortles. Nagy didn't. Yeah, I mean, Nagy didn't even try to get creative with him until like later in the game. They were lining him up in the backfield trying to get him the ball. The, yeah. Imagine if, imagine if he was catching passes from like Dak or Breeze or somebody like that. It would, I be, mean, liter- it would be lights out. Literally anyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally pretty much anyone else. Can we get him back to Jacksonville and have him play with Foles and Nick Minshew? Foles. Like, right. That'd be great. Man. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Man. Do you think he just, I think, I think I saw somebody tweet. Do you think he just watches highlights and just like silently cries? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, but you know what? Then he looks at his checkbook and he's like, yeah, hey, Oh, man. Uh, there you go. That's pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. All right, looking back at the week that was in week 11. Yes, I know there's one more game tonight, uh, which should be fun, by the way. Uh, Chiefs Chargers down in Mexico City should that be a whole be lot hot, of fun. Hot, hot, hot. Yeah, I think yeah. that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. But uh, most of week 11 is in the books, so some of the big questions. And we sort of touched on one, but let's kind of dive into a little bit more. I mean, is Todd Gurley back, or is this a case of an offense that didn't have Brandon Cooks, that didn't have Robert Woods, uh, that knew that Cooper Cup was probably going to see a whole lot of attention the way he did uh, the week before against the Steelers? So, I mean, is Todd Gurley back, or was this just, you know, Sean McVay was sort of out of options, so he had to give Gurley the ball? This, this to me, is game, game plan specific. Uh, you know, they only used Goff to drop back 18 times. I, to me, I, I just don't think Sean McVay trusts Goff whatsoever. Uh, you know, you mentioned Woods and Cooks' absences, sure. But at the same time, you win football games in the NFL when we've seen the Rams pl- win plenty of them by aggressively throwing the ball downfield. And that's just gone in this offense right now. You know, obviously, you take out the two top options, it's fine. Gerald Everett was banged up last night, too, and basically didn't play. Yeah, uh, that was a killer. I mean, still, though, Sean McVay, is just, it's just clear. He's lost, he's lost all confidence in Goff, and it makes sense. 
uh, this based on what we've seen this season. I will say, you know, the Rams did a really good job, and McVay did a really good job scheming against the Bears' front seven last night. Uh, Goff was basically not under pressure at all uh, the whole game when he did drop back. But yeah, they they just at, at this point the basically their paths to victory is is pretty clear. You know, they they want to limit Goff and, and run the ball and, yeah. and hope their their defense keeps them in the ball game. Yep, they, they've got to protect their turnover prone quarterback. Uh, Gurley played seventy seven percent of the offensive snaps. That's what we need. Okay, and I get it. We're selfish as fantasy owners, but that's what we need. That's what the Rams need. I just said it. That's what they need to do to win football games. Play good defense and run Todd Gurley. And the matchup this upcoming week is not great against Baltimore. I get it. But if McVay sticks to the game plan and the blueprint that he used to beat the Bears last night, then suddenly Todd Gurley is going to be a little bit easier to start every single week because there was a few a few week stretch there where you know, if Todd Gurley was in your lineup, you were scratching your head thinking, what What am I going to get here? The Rams are right on the cusp of the playoffs, too. I mean, mm-hmm. the Eagles are 5-5, five and five, the Panthers are 5-5, five and five and, and looking like they're trending down. Yep. Uh, Rams can sneak in and that get that six, uh, six seed in the playoffs because the Bears are the Bears are pretty much uh, out of it by now. Yeah, uh, I think that, that loss might have pretty much cooked yeah, the Bears. It did. Um, uh, so, yeah, it... <sighs> I know everybody was excited, although, you know, the Malcolm Brown touchdown at the end, I'm sure frustrated yeah. a lot of people. But the good thing was that when Gurley scored his touchdown, right. that was actually Malcolm Brown's series. All right. And they brought Gurley right. in. Exactly. So so that was good. And, and just, Gurley, owners, Gurley owners have to be thrilled, too, because yeah. the, the previous four or five games, I mean, Gurley had not seen anywhere close to this type of volume. So, I mean, if, and they also they threw the ball to him out of the backfield a little bit more. Um, so the good news is he's got Arizona still coming up on the schedule. And then he's got the Cowboys in week 15, and clearly the Cowboys can't stop the run. And then you got San Francisco in week 16, which is not ideal. But all we're looking for, Sean McVay, is volume. Just keep it up. Keep it up. Todd Gurley's healthy. Give him the damn ball like he did last night. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, I, I thought they were going to kind of, you know, load management Todd Gurley until the last part of the season. Well, they we're load here. management. Well, it's here. We're here. Last yeah. year. Yeah. Right, here. exactly. And now you're good. Now you're so, ready. So now you Give gotta, him the ball. Now you got to use it. Exactly. Um, do we have to stop picking on the Falcons defense? Yep. <laughs> like, I mean, like, so it's two weeks in a row. Uh, you know, they shut down Drew Brees and the Saints last week in the Dome. Uh, they shut down. I, mean, look, I know Kyle Allen is not on the same level, uh, although I did have some concerns about that. Uh, they shut down Kyle Allen. Uh, which side note, by the way, Christian McCaffrey scored 30 fantasy points without <laughs> yeah. getting in the end zone. No, Christian McCaffrey scored 30, 30 fantasy points with Kyle Allen playing maybe the worst game I've ever seen a quarterback play this <laughs> like, season. I mean, it, Kyle Allen yeah, was, he, he was so you, like So Christian McCaffrey is, he's, he's a superhero. He's a fantasy yeah, superhero yeah, yes. at this point. But, I mean, the bigger question is the Falcons have turned things around. And I was looking at it last night. Part of it has to do with they're getting a lot more pressure on the quarterback. And they're not even blitzing as much, but they're just getting to the quarterback. 11 sacks the last two games. Suddenly, that secondary doesn't have to cover quite as long. They're not getting picked apart as much. I'm not saying that you know, they're, not, you know, they're not matchup proof, but maybe they're just not the soft target they once were. No, Marcus, this defense going into the Saints game had seven sacks all year. They've had 11 in the last two games. Yep. They had two picks all year. They had four yesterday. And now you got Jameis coming into the Dome, and I am sitting Jameis Winston if I can. Coming off a four-interception game, I said it a couple of weeks ago that I'm starting to trust Jameis, but Jameis is not 100% trustworthy. He's just not. He just isn't because of his tendency to have those implosion games. And next week, home game for Atlanta, you know, 
I mean, Raheem Morris is, is is getting himself back on the on the map for potentially another head coaching job. The way that he has switched things up on this defensive side of the football, like I said, it seems like the Niners and the Atlanta Falcons changed personnel in the last couple of weeks because Atlanta's defense has been impenetrable. When when you hold Drew Brees at home to fewer than 10 points. It was the fewest points any Saints team had scored when Breeze and Peyton were on that, uh, were on that, uh, in that franchise's roster. I mean, you, you can't mess with Atlanta's defense anymore. You just can't like, this is one of the things that, that we have to look at where you look at the, the big picture, right? And you think like the Saints earlier in the season they had getting crushed by quarterbacks the first three weeks. And then suddenly they sort of changed things and, 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 and turned things around and they were tougher. Atlanta's, yeah, they're not a pushover anymore. They, they really aren't. And, and Jameis goes from like, wow, man, he's a must start against Atlanta to like, mm, I don't know if I want to play him. Th- just real quick, it, it did it did definitely help yesterday. The Falcons got Desmond Trufant back. He didn't play. So he hasn't played since week five, and Trufant is like pretty much their only good cornerback. So getting uh, getting some of their backup guys off the field helped. And and two weeks ago against the Saints, Andrews Pete got hurt in that game. Uh, their stud tackle, and I think that really hurt them in terms of the way the Falcons were kind of using their their defensive ends to kind of stunt and apply pressure. And then yesterday, obviously Kyle Allen just melted down. He, just, he was just. Oh. It, maybe it was a little bit the Falcons getting pressure on him for sure, but Kyle Allen was really bad. I mean, some of the throws he was making were just completely ill-advised or just some of the most inaccurate throws I've seen all year. So I think the real litmus test will come this week with Jameis. And uh, Jameis is always good for fun. We'll say that. It's always good for some fun. Fun or headaches. How many people have lost hair uh, with Jameis Winston on their fantasy football team just pulling yeah. it out in clumps? Jameis yesterday, uh, you know, the one pick to OJ, what? The, yeah. uh, OJ, OJ Howard was totally Howard. not his fault. OJ, OJ Howard, Howard got benched after that, by the Dude, way. Dude, uh, who would have predicted that Cameron Brait would have led that team in all of those receiving categories right. yesterday? That was Man. bananas. But I mean, when you got Cameron Brait and Scott Miller. You just got to load him up with targets. Yep. Mike Evans, hello. You just got to load him up with targets. Mike Evans was not very good yet. No, he wasn't. Two games in a row where he's kind of been pedestrian. I mean, even Chris Godwin wasn't great. He scored a touchdown. No, that was it. That helped. Otherwise, he was just sort of average. Yeah, Godwin in the last few weeks has not been all that great. I mean, you still love what he did earlier in the season, but he slowed down for sure. Uh, Okay, so Fabs, you sort of touched on this. I asked this question last week, and at the time you said no, and it was understandable. So I'm going to ask it again, though. Now that we're past these two 49er games, is Kyler Murray a QB1 for the rest of the season? No, dude, uh, listen, I, I, I give up. I, uh, here's my white flag. And you guys know I loved Kyler. Kyler, I was, I, I was higher on Kyler uh, than I was on almost any quarterback outside of Lamar Jackson going into the season. Um, <laughs> two games against the Niners, and he scores 23 and 26. Um, yeah. I, listen, I was wrong. Of the, I mean, I was right. The matchups were bad on paper. And in that first game, you know, Kyler really got sort of bailed out by that Andy Isabella 88-yard touchdown, which is fine. He played – and honestly, like, he only threw for 150 yards yesterday, Marcus. No, he didn't throw for a lot of yards. Yeah, but he had two touchdowns. Scrambling his, matters. Yeah, yep. I yep. mean, the 67 yards rushing and the touchdown were huge. Uh, they're off this week. Then they've got the Rams, the Steelers, the Browns, and the Seahawks. He's he's a QB one, uh, you know, locked and loaded every single game the rest of the way. I just want to see. I, I want to. I'm really excited to see Kyler and Cliff next year because once Kyler gets mm-hmm. some more receivers and they get him a little more help, this offense is just going to be bananas because they are they're doing some big things and Kyler is just dropping dimes. I mean, some of the balls. He made a couple of throws that were just incredible yesterday. <laughs> Marcus, he's he's made those throws all year, man. Like yeah. he is. He has been locked in. So here, here's a little question. You know, on the Wednesday shows, we've been looking forward a little bit. So next year, it's going to be Mahomes and Lamar as the top two quarterbacks in some order. Right? Yeah. We're not sure right. yet. 
Is Kyler three? Uh, I mean, you got Russell also, obviously. I think, I but think is Kyler three? That was the first one that popped in my head. Is Wilson? Yeah, I think a lot of people took Wilson over yep. Kyler this year, and yep. maybe that's evened out a little bit more. You're probably a little disappointed mm-hmm. that you took. Uh, Kyler over Wilson, but I think that'll be the call next year. Is that'll be the three versus four? And Watts, I think Watson will be in that conversation as well again too. Yeah, uh, Watson needs to have a, a, a stronger finish to the season, and he's got some bad matchups coming up. So if he ends up struggling, you could see Watson being fifth with Wilson or Kyler being three, four in that area. Where so. does Dak fall into that group? Yeah, I know. dude, yeah. Dak's up there too. He's right there, he's playing great football right now. Dak is the QB one everybody forgets about. Yeah. Every single week, he puts up 20 points, and it's just like, oh, he did said, it again. Right. He's had two bad games this year. Yeah. Uh, well, I also he's got New England this week at Foxborough. Is I, he a sit? No. 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 I'm not sitting, Dak. Um, I think also because we're still – I think we're still a little stuck on the – this team leads with Zeke. Uh, and I think, you know, that that's not true anymore. But, you know, old old – Old habits die hard a little bit, you know. Dak has Dak has really taken another step forward here this year, and he, I mean, by now, if it's not clear to everybody that Dak is is the leader and the clear engine of this team, I, I'm not really sure what you're watching. I mean, he has just been a he's just been a stud all year long. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's not had outside of that one game against the Packers where he struggled. He has been amazing all year. And by the way, Zeke doing the Dak hip thrust that, oh, that was, was pretty amazing. That, that was pretty yeah. good. Um. What do we do with this Washington backfield now? I mean, neither guy was particularly great. I mean, Darius guys had the long catch and run for a touchdown, and that sort of gave him a decent day when it was all said and done. But both guys are splitting carries. Uh, the team is bad. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what to do with Bro, this group. They got Detroit. Come they have back. Detroit. I'm playing Darius. Darius outsnapped him. It was really, really close. It was really close. Right. But Darius is getting the opportunities. Uh, I think he, you know we talked about like the Chris Thompson role. He and he had that he had that long touchdown um, in the game yesterday. But I feel like because Peterson is a you know he's playing he's playing well for a man of his age. But I really think the Redskins <laughs> want to see of a certain age. <laughs> right. I really want to see. I, I really feel like the Redskins need to see what they have in Darius and whether or not he can get the job done. Because if and hopefully this doesn't happen, you know, that, that that he has another injury or he struggles. You know, the Redskins have to think about what they're going to do in their backfield next year because Adrian Peterson is probably not going to be on the roster. So I feel like, at, you know, slowly, week in and week out, as we get through the rest of the regular season, I think Darius is going to see more and more snaps and more and more touches. And I would absolutely play him uh, coming up because, I mean, this is a great match. He won't get a better matchup all year against Detroit. And the Redskins have one of the easier schedules remaining for running backs. So... I mean, I mean I, and maybe I'm saying it because he's he's a buddy of mine, but like, I, I think he's set up really well next week. I mean, I, I I said and I wrote a couple weeks ago that Darius Geis is probably that guy. He, he's akin to what we saw with Damian Williams last year, who comes in late in the season, has fresh right. legs, yeah, yeah, gets the ball a lot, and could possibly get you to a, a fantasy playoff or fantasy championship. Mm-hmm. So I, I still do believe that. Um, I just I hope that eventually. Bill Callahan decides to kind of have a more distinct division of labor than these two guys splitting carries kind of down the middle. And the big problem, too, is Wendell Smallwood played a bunch yesterday, too. I mean, he ran uh, he led this backfield and routes run pretty significantly. And maybe that'll that'll chip back towards Geis's side. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would bet as the season moves along here. But uh, Dwayne Haskins, guys, took another six sacks yesterday. And, and outside of a few really nice throws, it was that busted play against um, – he hit the McLaurin, but it got called back. Yeah, that sucked I, for, for if you started I, McLaurin, too. I, 
oh boy, I, I just really don't have much confidence that this Haskins-led team, even though the guys, guys can be amazing, but if they're never going to be in the red zone and uh, getting score opportun- scoring opportunities, it's going to be really hard for guys to hit a ceiling, but definitely for sure. It was nice to get him back yesterday and just got to hope he stays healthy. Now. Right. But again, you look at the schedule, right? I mean, right. Th- this is this is a, a pretty good schedule. You've got Detroit coming up. Then you got Carolina and they begin crushed by running backs all season long. True. Green Bay bad against running backs. Philadelphia, that's going to be a tough one. And then you got the Giants. So, I mean, really one bad matchup. Yeah, his next, the, season the next three is amazing. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, plus they got to figure out how to hide Dwayne Haskins a little bit. Sure. They, they can't have him leading out there, so that, that's just not going to work out. Uh, last one here. Uh, can we trust Baker Mayfield for the rest of the season? I mean, Wait. like we, we, we kept looking at the schedule, right? It was supposed to lighten up, and he played well against what we thought was a good defense in Pittsburgh. Yep. That was the Baker we we kind of expected to see. Yeah. He, he played yeah. with a lot more confidence. He was not seeing ghosts back there and, and – Look, I mean, I just I thought he handled that Steelers pass rush extremely well. Uh, and now, you know, we've been mentioning that the schedule does get a lot easier for them down the stretch here. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure he's going to be the same QB one we were expecting him to be, but he gets Miami next week. Then they play the Steelers again. That'll be really interesting. But then, you know, back week 14, they'll have the Bengals. So yep. and then uh, Arizona. Yeah. Two, yeah. At least three of the next four games are really yeah. solid. And uh, I kind of. I kind of think Baker will be a, a hot pickup this week. On yeah, the waiver wire. no doubt. And, you know, I've been a big critic of his um, uh, only because, you know, in the industry, we all loved him and he was just awful. And I mean, honestly, you know, he had that he had that negative two point performance against San Francisco in week five. You're thinking, what in the hell's going on? <laughs> and everyone dropped him across the board. But since then, he has had four performances of 17 plus points, including two with over 19 uh, in his last five, the only game where he tripped up was against New England, but we all sort of expected that. Now you've got Miami, where, I mean, Baker's owned in 46% of leagues on NFL.com, so he's out there in, in half of leagues. Um, you know, I, I think the Pittsburgh game is tougher. That's at Heinz Field, and there's obviously some raw emotions there uh, between those two teams. So I don't Just know. Just a little. I don't know if that's a great matchup, but Miami, Cincinnati, Arizona, in three of his next four, you know, giddy up. Giddy up for that one. And Baker should be added and started this week if you need a quarterback against the fish. I mean, they seem to have kind of turned things around there. A little bit. Uh, offensively. Um, some of it is just cutting down on dumb penalties or whatever. But they also are playing, I think. Which is odd, too, right because now. Odell Beckham Jr. is still if, not. I was about to say, if OBJ numbers. doesn't go for like 100 bills in a score next week, I, I don't I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> well, no, remember, yeah. this is the Jarvis Landry revenge game. Uh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. Let's look at some running back situations. Some things that happened on Sunday that sort of left us uh, feeling a little bit weird. Um, <laughs> to say the least. To say the least. I, I picked out five of them yesterday, starting with Brian Hill, who was everybody's favorite waiver wire pickup o- over the week. Um, yeah, that didn't really work. He got 15 carries for 30 yards, and then he had a catch for eight yards, something like that. It was not a great day. And this was one. I remember watching Brian Hill, watching some of his tape when he was at Wyoming, and you know, thinking he was just sort of kind of a jag, kind of just a guy. He's right? an inside grinder guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there was nothing that really jumped out about him on tape to me. And I think I sort of selectively put that part away and just looked at the fact that, hey, he's the starter now. Opportunity. He's going to get touches. It's going to be great. And at least for me, it was sort of a reminder that, you know, 
not every single player is plug and play just because they right. get that opportunity. And I think that's what sort of happened with a lot of us with Brian Hill this week. He probably got a little bit unlucky too because Allison came in with his first NFL carry and, and got vulture, a touchdown. And know, yeah. a touchdown which well, was, also Hill which had was a touchdown called back. And I was yeah, I was so. gonna say he had a touchdown that was called back on penalty. Uh, I, I think if anything, it's just Brian Hill's not the receiver Devonta Freeman is. I mean, he can't right. he can't be used in the passing game because he just doesn't have much lateral uh, lateral movement and lateral agility ability. Yeah, so that was one. Um, I mean, so look, going forward though, like this week, do we? What do we do? Because you know, Freeman very likely could be out again. Yeah, but they got the Bucks this week though, so and that so that, that makes it easier. Right? Nah, you're not playing any of the Atlanta running backs. I mean, volume. That's what we talked about, and he had a great matchup this week. Tampa Bay's defense against the run is brutally freaking tough, man. Yeah. So Saints did a I don't really, know about that. One. Saints and Kamara did a really good job yesterday, though. They they carved up yeah. that Bucks yeah. team. Yeah, I mean, Kamara had, bit, what, but, 10 catches? Yeah. Latavius I'll, didn't do a thing. But Brian, so. Brian Hill's not Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I was just about to say, <laughs> Brian Hill is not even close to Alvin Kamara, and the, uh, the Saints <laughs> offensive line is light, light years better than the Falcons offensive yep. line. Uh, all right, so we touched on this a little bit. Uh, Bo Scarborough. What? 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 Uh, I mean, look, I, I know we looked, we went into this week, and uh, I know, I think both of you guys, I know, Graham, you certainly were like, hey, J.D. McKissick I might be a nice play in this one of my spot. Um, you know, I know Ty Johnson wasn't necessarily on a lot of people's radar, but he was there. And then Bo Scarborough, which, I don't know, maybe this is some kind of weird revenge game because he was a cowboy yes, for, for like, like two seconds. Yeah. For like two seconds. I, know. Um, I mean, he got a lot of the touches. He scored a touchdown. Yeah. Just I don't know. I just at, I feel like we stay away from this. at this point. You you need to learn the lesson to stay away from this Detroit backfield because yeah. Matt Patricia is going to do something different every week. They've got three. It seems like they've always got three guys. They cut Paul Perkins in the middle of this past week and and then gave Bo Scarborough fourteen carries. I think they promoted him on Saturday, right from the from the Some, practice yeah, squad. Something it was, like that. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty close. Yeah, I, to I, the to the game time after the tra- after the Trey Carson debacle after Ty, we all expected to be Ty Johnson and right. I just yeah, full on avoid this Lions backfield. Yeah, I can't. I just can't. I can't with this group. So I'm I'm done. Um, David Johnson played seven snaps, didn't touch the ball. Eleven percent of the snaps. That's it. Is it over? At least for this year. I mean, Kenyon Drake has looked pretty good. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Okay, yeah, David Johnson has done nothing. And the the one little bit of film that we've seen on him, which was like last week, he, he ran like he had a concrete block on his back, right? Cliff did, now, the, right, Cliff did the right thing this past week, but yeah. basically not playing. Now, they're off this week, right? They have a mm. bye. If there's a hot free agent on the waiver wire, is David Johnson now? It'd have to be a lot. Because there's, yeah. there's not much out there on the waiver wire. He, It'd have to be a lot. Oh, okay. You have to get real Dude, lucky. He looks they, – they don't they, – he's – I don't know why he's even active. I mean, you – The would, last two weeks. You wonder they, if but, he really is – why don't they just sit him down? But, yeah. They don't really, they don't really have another option. I mean, D, if DJ is – Well, what happens if Chase – when Chase Edmonds comes back, right. then you're looking at a three-headed monster. Right. Chase Edmonds could come back after their bye with that hamstring injury. I, you know, so that is that is that even more fuel for the? I don't know if maybe I David just, Johnson's worth a roster spot at this point. Yeah, I don't know that I can let go of David Johnson. I don't okay. think I can either. But at the same time, I don't really think we'll know. Maybe until the end of the year, what he's dealing with, right? right. Because the Cardinals sure haven't really been very forthright with their injury situations all year <laughs> long, uh, and especially when it comes to David Johnson. Um, Guys, maybe, since week seven, he has scored two tenths of a fantasy point. Yep. Ooh. Yep. That's it. Point two. Uh, now my, well, he he missed one game, uh, ba- two games I think. Well, he was he was active. Missed two games was active against Tampa Bay. That's right. He was active. Had a Tampa. fumble, 
and then didn't didn't touch the ball against San Francisco. And you've got That's the Rams it. after the bye, and the Rams are tough against the run. You've got Pittsburgh after that. I mean, uh, Pittsburgh's kind of they, – they haven't been as good against the run on the road this season. Then you got Cleveland and at Seattle. I don't know, dude. I mean, like, I feel like – I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe if you put my feet to the fire, I have him in I one just, league. I just think I guess whatever, if I could do it. I guess but. the hope with DJ now is you, you hold him through the bye, and then you'll just have to see in week 13 what type would, of role he has. But would you play him against the Rams? No. Probably not. Right? I mean, you're not playing him against right. the Rams. But you'd be hard-pressed to find a free agent out there exactly. that, like... Oh, my God. The waiver wire running backs this year are just <laughs> atrocious. All right, like, all right, what here, are you going to do? Drop, here, here, drop him for here, Bo Scarborough? Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, so... We all thought James Conner was healthy. There are leagues out there where Jalen Samuels got cut. Sure, David Johnson gets cut for Jalen Samuels. If yeah, if we get word that Conner by Wednesday when waiver claims get set, my through. guess is that Conner won't play. I mean, I'm just yeah. totally guessing, but he couldn't make it through a quarter with that shoulder, and he had two weeks to get healthy. That's a that's a fair one. I, I think maybe that might actually be one of the only ones you can make for for DJ. The, I guess the, my point is, I guess the hope with him now is you you just hold on to week thirteen, see what what kind of role he plays. Because look, the, the Cardinals they need receivers, and if DJ is healthy, he will be involved. It's just uh, you know I, I don't really think you can have much more confidence in it than that though. It sucks. I love David too. Yeah, I, he's a good dude. And I, f- I was so happy for his success, but right now, I, I, just, I know for me, it's maybe a little sentimentality too. Just, just yeah, hard, I, he's hard such to let a go. good guy, hard man. To let go. Yeah. Uh, yesterday was supposed to be the Miles Sanders day, and he had the bulk of the touches. He played the majority of the snaps there. Uh, Boston Scott, who you know everybody's favorite sports talk radio caller, um, right? Yeah, was right behind him. Their yardage totals really weren't that far off, uh, and now. I don't know, Jordan Howard, we'll see if he's back next week. We'll see if Jay Ajayi starts to get more into the into the mix there in Philadelphia. I mean, we know that Doug Peterson is never going to be a one running back guy. Uh, I mean, I don't know, Graham, that, that one hurt my heart a little bit yesterday. It, it did, and the role was amazing. He played 85% of the snaps yesterday. It's just he basically didn't get involved as a receiver, which was really weird. I, I mean, I, I fully expected with all of the Eagles injuries out wide, I mean, no Deshaun Jackson, no Alshon Jeffrey. They're trotting out Nelson Aguilar as their number one receiver. I, I kind of fully expected Sanders to be way more involved yep. as a receiver, and it just didn't happen. I mean, Ertz and, and Goddard had good games, but that was pretty much it for the Eagles. So let me ask you guys a question, and I've been on this for weeks and weeks now, okay? Sony Michel had 6.4 points. He is now averaging fewer than seven fantasy points per game when he and Rex Burkhead are both active. Is Sony Michel playable? No. In games no. where Rex Burkhead is Honestly, active. I'd rather no. drop I would drop Sony Michel over, over, David, over Johnson. David Johnson. Yeah. Because at least at least if at least if David Johnson d- does come back, he has an opportunity to be involved in the passing game. I mean, Michelle is just you mentioned it. Rex Burkhead. His, his, his last three not, games, 7.4, right. 4 points by 6.4. Burkhead is healthy now. Burkhead got touches in that game yesterday, um, and that has erased Sony Michel as a this, fantasy option. This Patriots offense is not the same. It, th- this, this is a borderline below, slightly it's, below. It's av- not a great offense. Yeah, it's right. a slightly below average offense right now. I mean, they're throwing the ball a ton. They can't run the ball. Their left tackle spot is just a disaster. I mean, they, they, they have getting, they're getting nothing out of their, out of their tackle play right now. Yeah. Okay, Piggy, I mean, piggybacking on that. I'm going to put your feet to the fire again. The Cowboys it. have given up 19-plus points to two straight quarterbacks, including Kirk Cousins and Jeff Driscoll, who had 27. Is Tom Brady a play for you next week? Probably not. Really? I the mean, Cowboys' defense, and I know because I'm a Cowboys, we look like 
garbage against the pass right now. And also keep in mind what I was talking about a few weeks ago. The Cowboys' defense got fat and happy off of crappy quarterbacks from the defensive side, and Sam Darnold almost beat us for 20 points. You know, Brady has thrown the ball. Keep that in mind. The only good quarterback that we've held in check this year is Carson Wentz. That's it. Brady has 40 pass attempts now in five of his last six games, and he only has seven touchdowns to show for it in that span. Mm-hmm. And I just, I think Philadelphia is tougher at home, though. I feel They're like, tougher at home. I feel like this also continues a pattern we've seen of Brady lately, just kind of fading in the second half of seasons, you know, and it's it's what happens when you reach a certain age, you know, <laughs> and you've taken hits and they haven't needed him to. And I think this is another team where they're going to really rely heavily on their defense. I mean, Brady will throw the football, He's but he's just not. I don't know. I feel like I could probably find some other options. Out I there like Brady. Tom Brady. So, so here, so and, and you know, I get it. You know, uh, you know, he, he's obviously an older dude. Um, so he had eleven point nine against the Jets. They were crushing that team in that game. Crushing. Week after that, scored almost uh, almost nineteen against Cleveland. You'll take that. Then he's got at Baltimore. Tough matchup. By week, then at Philadelphia. The, look at the stats. The Eagles are really good at home. Not on the road. Defensively, they are really tough on their home field. And now he's got the Cowboys at home. And then he's got Houston and Kansas City and Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I don't I, think the Cowboys are bad. Like, I'm looking, at, I'm looking at, at his numbers so far this year, right? And his big games have come against defense that were, like, really bad. But, like, the Cow- but we just gave up 27 to Jeff Jisco. Yeah, but you guys aren't. Uh, the, and the we Cow- gave up almost 20 to Cousins. Yeah. The Cowboys and we gave up almost 20 to Darnold. The Cowboys aren't Jets bad. They're not They're not. Giants we lost bad. to the Jets, they're not, Marcus. They're, they're not that bad. Yeah. We lost to the Jets. I don't know. I like Brady. I, I, this is just one. I feel like. Maybe this is just me being a pessimistic Cowboys fan, but I'm looking at the way that team is playing defense right now against the pass. I mean, even against the run. I mean, Dalvin Cook crushed us. We gave up a touchdown to both freaking Scarborough. I mean, like, I just uh, we're just not playing good football right now. I, I think Brady's a good play this this upcoming week against us. I mean, unless the Cowboys really get up to play the Patriots, and we've been playing down to a lot of our competition. I mean, really, Detroit was in that game the entire afternoon. Yeah, that was you know, was sort of and surprising. we lost to the Jets. All right. I'm sorry. All right. Yeah. Uh, last last running back here. And, and you know, we talked about this before the show started. <laughs> Kalen Balaj. Yeah, this one's awful. I mean, just how? <laughs> how? <laughs> right? Nine carries for nine yards. Let's do the math there. And one yard per five run. catches for eight That's yards. One point four. The dude, and, he had a touchdown. And dude, he tied Leonard Fournette in fantasy points somehow. The dude has 64 carries this year. His longest one has yards. Yeah, his longest one has gone for eight yards. <laughs> eight yards. I, I mean, I just yeah. I, at, at this point, I think it's pretty clear that Kalen Balaj is not an NFL running back. I just the Dolphins really don't have another option though. They don't have any other options. They'll, I mean, they'll get Mark Walton back in two weeks, and that's it. You know? And even Mark Walton didn't look all that good. I mean, when you're tanking, it kind of does help when your running back is so bad that he would be better off just falling over once he gets I, to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, job. I mean, what does what does that say for like Patrick Laird? What does that say for Miles Gaskin? I mean, what does that say for these guys? That, has Miles has Miles Gaskin even played? Nah. He played Patrick seven Laird snaps. Okay. Was, seven snaps yesterday. He was a top twenty-five. So far, he's a top twenty-five running back. This uh, Patrick Laird played played fourteen snaps yesterday. I, I I don't. What does that say for those guys though? That that they keep running. Kalen Balaj out there. Maybe it means Laird will, will be involved a little bit more because his snaps have increased now. But uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I'd say they want to see what they have in him, but I think they know <laughs> by this I point, just, right? I just, 
I guess they're only using Laird as a receiver uh, because he's only gotten a few carries so far. But mm-hmm. man, man, um, yeah. Oddly enough, it's a really heavily Pac-12 backfield they got. Uh, right, Bellage at Arizona State. Didn't Laird, Laird go to Cal? Laird at Cal. Miles Gaskin yeah. went to Washington. Yeah. I mean, that has nothing to do with anything. I just thought it was interesting to point yeah. out. So, I just, man. And look, I will t- I will take the L on this one because before the season, I thought, you know, Kalen Balazs could be a deep sleeper. I liked his home run ability with his, his speed and everything. But, man, he's just, he, he's not good. Yeah, he's bad. He's all strikeout. You know, how those, you know those, <laughs> there's those guys in the MLB who just have a ton of home run potential, but mm-hmm. they just swing at everything. Kalen yeah. Balazs just can't hit anything. Just, man. <laughs> oh, yes, yesterday might have been about the worst, and and I mean the fact that he scored a touchdown sort of helped him, but man, that was that's bad. And you know what's crazy is that we're out here going into week twelve, mm-hmm. and we're trying to to figure out whether or not we can start Kalen Balaj, Jonathan Williams, Bo Scarborough. <laughs> like this is where we're at right now. Yeah, man, it's not good. Awful. Yeah, so that. Actually, it's a nice segue into the waiver wire uh, because there are there are guys out there that are worth picking up this week. We mentioned Jonathan Williams at the top of the show, especially because Marlon Mack looks like he's already ruled out for Thursday, and we're not sure how much further beyond that. So Jonathan Williams is there. I got Naheem Hines in there as well. Again, if you uh, if you somehow miss out on Williams, uh, you know, or if you're in a really really deep league, um, Naheem Hines is a possibility for you. Bo Scarborough is there, although I don't know, man, I'm scared. I know. I mean, the matchup's good, right? I mean, uh, yeah. The, match, bro, bro, the, matchup's, the matchup's good, and then Ty that, Johnson's going to get 15 carries. Right. I mean, <laughs> McKissick's going to catch five balls. It is, it is absolutely snap. for those okay. that are desperate in deep leagues and are looking for somebody who might get touches. Yeah. Oh, man. Because that's where we're at right now in Detroit. God, has, has there been, has there been a, 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 I guess, a more detrimental injury to a team's backfield than Carryon Johnson? Carryon Johnson, there? man, like... I mean, Carry on Johnson would have been a league winner this year. It went from yeah, it been. went from stardom every single week to who the hell is getting the football? To, yeah. I'm just staying away. Uh, Noah Fant, who had a pretty good game, yesterday, probably would have had a better game if Brandon Allen could have, you know, hit him. Oh my God! And then, <laughs> and then, accurately. And then that next play or two plays later, the touchdown goes to Troy Fumagalli. Troy Fumagalli, yeah, great. But uh, Noah Fant, the last couple of weeks has actually started to get some more looks, so that's that that's definitely encouraging, especially because. Uh, Kyle Rudolph is on a bye this week, so you may need a tight end. I'm at, <laughs> dude, the holiday season, bro. Hey, he's picking it up, man. Yeah, man. Uh, I think, well, the combination of the Vikings throwing yeah, it more and Adam Thielen not being there, but whatever. I'll yep. take it. Uh, Baker Mayfield, who we talked about, is really picking things up lately. He's a, a nice play this week. Randall Cobb has uh, back-to-back 100-yard games for the Cowboys, yep. although they play the Patriots, as you mentioned. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Uh, Hunter Renfro, who I have been a fan of the last few weeks, especially He's been really solid leagues. in PPR. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he has. yeah. He yeah had, uh, and he had two. I believe it was two where he got tackled, like at the two or inside the two where he would have had a touchdown. It just blows my mind that he plays football. He's so small, right? He's just tiny. He's a tiny little dude. He just looks like a little. He's waving the there. flag for all of us vertically challenged folk out there. Uh, it says he's one eighty five. I, I don't even think he's. I don't think he's close to. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, because uh, you know, yeah, like I, I weigh one eighty five, and I'm not sure that Hunter Renfro's. Yeah, no, I'm not. Buying that one. Yeah. Um, Jeff Driscoll, who again has a good matchup this week against Washington, who played well against the Cowboys on Sunday. So he's out there. This he one's Brian freaking but. Griffin, who I talked about in my Fabs Five last week. Dude, all he does is score fantasy points. And Chris Herndon is out. <laughs> Brian Griffin, touchdown machine. And the right? position <laughs> is a disaster right now. He absolutely needs to be owned in 
every they get league. the Raiders this week. Every they get the Raiders freaking this week too. Pretty good matchup. Yeah, Ryan Griffin, what does Marcus like to say? He's not the hero that we wanted. It's a hero. He's hero that we that we Although I know a lot of folks you know? were sort of like, I think I tweeted, what is a Daniel Brown when he caught a touchdown? Early I know, right? Like, yeah. Who is, who is this I don't know. guy? Yep. Um, but yeah, Ryan Griffin's out there. Debo Samuel, who had uh, another huge game for the Niners on Sunday. And uh, Emmanuel it's, Sanders is, is not right. He's hurting. I mean, yeah. he, he went out and he played, but you could tell he's definitely hurting. And so Debo Samuel uh, is, is starting to pick up the workload there. And he was a guy, I think, at the start of the season. Yeah. Um, that people thought could be I a love, deep sleeper. I love Debo. Yep. I Especially love because Debo. now it's coming a lot on. Of people, yeah. Dante yeah. Pettis is uh, it's is over. I mean, the, the bad news is that they've got Green Bay coming up. Green Bay's defense has been tough uh, against against wide receivers for the most part this season overall. But I mean, if if Emmanuel's banged up, I mean, Jimmy G is is got to throw the ball to somebody, and we don't know what the status of George Kittle right. is yeah, either. That's, the, that's, that's week. the big one. So so Debo could just get fed targets uh, relentlessly and. Can we can we all give uh, a little bit of credit to Ross Dwelly, yeah. who was he was my tight end in DFS this week. Um, he was one of my sleepers. I think he, everyone had. I mean, dude, like, I mean, it's the Cardinals. But has there been has there been an easier matchup every single week to predict? Then tell people to start the tight end facing the Cardinals. Right, I'm, bu- I'm bummed the Cardinals are on by this coming. Week. Right now, now Every, what do we do? Yeah, exactly. So like, <laughs> I, I tweeted that out, and a couple of people were like, "Oh, Evan Ingram, yeah, but Rhett, Rhett Ellison scored a touchdown in that game." So from a tight end, so tight end as a whole still had a decent game, and then Tyler Eifert didn't do anything against him. But if you remember that game, Andy Dalton threw the ball behind him when he was open in the end zone, would have had a touchdown there. So that and you know who they Jacob. Hollister has a matchup against the Cardinals in week 16. This is where we are. So even if you have a pretty good tight end on your roster right now, Hollister should be one of the most added players off the wire. If for no other reason than to hold on to him in hopes that you make the championship I, and play him against I've Arizona. A, I've been a lifelong Jacob Hollister dynasty owner for two weeks. So. <laughs> lifelong. That's well. That's yeah. There you go. So basically, I, I've been, I'm, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for that week 16 matchup, man. So basically, it's like. Just put anybody in that Seattle tight end spot. Yeah. Will Disney no, first, and now it's Hollister. I mean, Hollister's heck. been good. Yeah, man. you just tell, you, you, the way they are using him leads you to believe that he can continue to be productive yep. in that offense. Yeah, so. sure. All right, that's it. We are done. We appreciate you listening and downloading as always. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember: don't sweat the petty things and don't pet the sweaty things. We'll see you on Wednesday. <laughs>